All right, parents, welcome back to The Journey. This is Dan Panetti. I've got a good friend, Ryan Banger. And Ryan was actually a BWI speaker uh, a couple of years ago. We brought him up from Austin. Um, he's an attorney with Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, Ryan, welcome to the program. Dan, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, great to be with you again. You know what? I, I actually didn't say Ryan was a, a PCA parent um, a number of years ago before he left Dallas uh, and ran up to, did you Did you go to Missouri first? Was that what took you out of here? I did. We were. We spent a couple of years in mid-Missouri, uh, and then uh, after that, moved on down to Austin. So got yeah. back to Texas, but we got back to didn't, Texas. Didn't quite make it back to DFW. Well, we'd love to have you and your family back up here at uh, Dallas and back at PCA. But uh, thank you for the good work that you do with Alliance Defending Freedom, uh, and uh, and uh, just representing um, our views and values and uh, the constitutional rights that we have, which is actually uh, the conversation I wanted to have with you was. Um, uh, uh, few weeks ago, um, a major uh, decision was handed down uh, by the Supreme Court. Uh, it's known as the Dobbs decision. Uh, and most people uh, just know it as the, uh, the case that has actually overturned Roe versus Wade. Uh, Roe versus Wade is a 1973 decision by the Supreme Court uh, that uh, took a Texas uh, case uh, that outlawed um, abortion. Uh, and it basically uh, said that no states can outlaw abortion, uh, that a woman has a right uh, to an abortion, uh, and that states can't uh, inhibit that particular right. It made it a, you know, a constitutional fundamental right that uh, I, you and I have read the Constitution. We couldn't find it in there, uh, but they said it was it was hidden somewhere uh, in the outskirts around some of one of the amendments. The, the penumbras and the emanations. and the emanations. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we, I remember reading it in law school and and trying to have a professor explain it to you, and it, it was just in a fascinating maybe one of the worst decisions I'd ever read. And I was like, this, this is just hocus pocus, make believe. We're just inventing things. And at the end of the day, um, the court recently said, you're right. Uh, that is not part of the constitution. Uh, Justice Alito uh, has said that, uh, that uh, um, there is no right uh, for a woman uh, to have an abortion into the constitution. And so uh, because of the Dobbs decision now, uh, the, the, uh, the situation is now taken back to the state's uh, where the issue of um, abortion and the legality of it is going to be debated uh, and done by the legislators. And so as we just uh, got done celebrating July 4th um, in our country and just kind of the freedoms that we have, um, I thought it was interesting. July 4th is our opportunity uh, to celebrate the passing of the Declaration of Independence. Um, and in the Declaration of Independence, it says this. It says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, and as we were talking, um, just kind of the whole idea that those rights, the right to life is not something that the government gives you or takes away. That is a God-given right. Uh, but we want our government to secure that right uh, that God has given us. And so the Dobbs decision allows us um, as citizens of this country uh, to um, have our lawmakers, our representative government, secure that particular right uh, for everybody, including uh, those children who are not born yet. So, Ryan, what's your take on the Dobbs decision and how important it is in the framework um, of our judicial system right now? It was the righting of a great wrong, Dan. Uh, and I think you said it well that the Roe decision, which was decided back in 1973, was probably one of the worst decisions ever issued by the U.S. Supreme Court. It wasn't constitutional law. Uh, and you rightly pointed out the Declaration of Independence, which guarantees inalienable rights to American citizens and talks about the right of citizens to throw off forms of government 
that fail to secure those rights. And the, as the words of Abraham Lincoln, the, the silver frame of the Constitution that, that frames the apple of gold, which is the declaration in the middle, is meant to secure those rights. And right. the Constitution yep. divides power. Um, and to very quickly summarize Dobbs, what happened in Dobbs, three things. First, the court asked the question, is there somewhere in the Constitution a fundamental right to abortion? And Justice Alito uh, exploded the myth that abortion somehow can be teased out of the emanations and penumbras of the language of the Constitution. It's just not there. Not it's there. never been, never yeah. been part of our, our history, our tradition. In fact, he pointed to numerous instances where abortion had been prohibited all throughout American history in the various states. And so then he asked the second question, okay, if it's not there, if it's never been there, uh, is it worth uh, deferring to this old Roe decision uh, was called stare decisis. Is it worth it uh, for us to overturn that decision or should right. we just allow this old decision to stand? Because, because Roe Ro is already on the books. It's 49 right. years old. An entire generation right, has grown up believing, uh, not, not everybody believing, you and I didn't believe it, but uh, an entire generation has grown up with this idea that a woman has a right uh, to have an abortion, that that is a protected and fundamental right. And so the, the court asked that question saying, even if the Roe decision was incorrectly decided, um, should we maintain that particular right because it's been there and it's been there so long? Now, 49 years isn't necessarily a long time, but what did Alito say to that? He said, no, there's no, there's no good reason under the principle of stare decisis, let the decision stand, uh, to maintain the Roe decision because it was egregiously wrongly decided. Yeah. At the he time, gave, he gave issue. five really good reasons he why. Did. <laughs> yes, I mean, it was egregiously decided. Right, and the first one is it was, it was so wrong. It was right, so that wrong. It, when, when a case, yeah, when a case is so wrong, you can't just sit back and say, well, it's it's on the books, let's just leave it. You're like, oh, <laughs> right. that's, that's a really, really bad decision. But then what else did he say? Well, he also pointed to, has it been so relied upon by the American public that it would be unfair to pull the rug out now? And he said, well, no, absolutely yeah. not. Because pregnancy is something that under in modern conditions you can plan for. Uh, it's not as if, if Roe goes away, everyone's going to, immaculate conception happened one time in history and we know exactly who that was. Uh, it hasn't happened again since. And so the reliance entrance isn't there. And also uh, just quite frankly, it, it has never been accepted by the American people. The Roe decision has caused, uh, instead of acceptance, division. Mm -hmm. And it has warped and distorted our judicial and political process. And that's another yeah. factor he pointed to, which is the law has never been able to come to grips with Roe because it's a distortion in the law and it has really poisoned everything that has touched it. Yeah, very, very, very true. Um, I think one of the um, things that I thought was fascinating and interesting was um, the dissent when it came in. So the, it, this is a 6-3 decision. Um, and the dissent came in um, with with three um, justices, basically um, not giving any legal arguments. Um, their whole thing was, you know, hey, it's a um, there's going to be women who are, are hurt by this. Um, you know, this is a decision that's been here for 49 years, and so there wasn't a constitutional argument that they made of why the decision should stand, other than we want it to. Um, I did find it interesting. They they said um, the only reason that Roe is being overturned is because the um, the court itself has changed, uh, which I found fascinating um, that that um, the court, which had um, made a bad decision in Roe, uh, when the court did change and give it back 
um, and make the right decision that, that, you know, some of them, the justices on the court kind of made that like, well, that's the only reason we're making the decision. It's like, <laughs> that's kind of a funny decision, uh, you know, kind of a funny argument um, because it's, it's actually just the opposite, right? It's, you know, the, the court's not taking power away from the people. It's actually giving power back to the people. Um, but one of the things that they did say was um, this particular decision, when you look at Dobbs, um, looks at this idea of um, due process and the substantive due process rights uh, that the 14th Amendment has, in a sense, guaranteed people, and abortion was, was one of those. Um, but the dissent says, well, wait a second, if, if you're going to knock down that particular right, um, what about all the other things that come under that 14th Amendment? Um, and it specifically says, um, what about you know, the rights under Griswold, Eisenstadt, Lawrence, and Obergefell? Now, a lot of people probably don't know those specific names, um, but the last one may kind of ring a bell, and that's Obergefell, because the Supreme Court recently um, se secured the right of same-sex marriage in our country. Um, and the dissent is saying, hey, wait a second, if, you, if the Dobbs decision may actually call that into question. Now, um, Alito said, no, this is a, you know, this is a decision about Roe versus Wade. We overturned it. It has nothing to do with anything else. But Justice Thomas uh, kind of gave a little bit of a hint that, you know what, those substantive due process cases, um, the court really does need to look at those and those rights that come and ask that same question, right? Are we just extending rights that we're making up or are we extending rights that are coming from the constitution itself? What would you say to that, Ryan? Yeah, boy, a great question. And I think it, uh, it a lot of different things you can take from the opinion on that question. But one thing that I think is, is definitively true, and it is this, the majority uh, did say that there are some rights that Americans enjoy that are fundamental that are not expressly written into the Constitution. True. They did accept that. But right. what they said was, when you, when you are teasing out what those rights are, you have to ask a question. And that question is, is this right that you're proposing something that is deeply rooted mm -hmm. in the history and the traditions of the American uh, country, the American people, the constitutional republic? Is this something that has a firm anchor and foundation in our, in our history and our traditions? And looking at the abortion right, the supposed abortion right, it was very easy uh, to say, no, absolutely not. In fact, throughout all of our country's history, and Alito did a beautiful job of laying out the history. Uh, time and time again, states have prohibited abortion and have said it's a great evil, even going back to the common law of England, uh, it's something that was a great misprision, I think, was the word of Blackstone, which is the old word for a crime. Uh, it, it, without question, abortion had no anchor in history. Yeah. And when you look at these other cases, you mentioned Eisenstadt, Griswold, uh, you mentioned uh, Lawrence versus Texas. These are questions that revolve around uh, birth control, contraceptives, uh, whether or not sodomy laws are legal or not, and ultimately whether gay marriage is a fundamental constitutional right. right. And what the majority said is we're applying this is the new framework. Is this a right deeply rooted in American history and tradition? And now, to be fair, Alito and the majority did say, we're not examining any of those questions today because this is about abortion. And abortion is unique in the sense that it, it, it involves intrinsically the taking of an innocent human life. Whereas these other, these other things don't, these other rights don't imply that or don't involve that. Uh, but Thomas, in his concurrence, uh, he went ahead and called the question and said, well, these, these things should also be examined under this new framework. Um, and it's not clear uh, how all of them would come out under mm -hmm. that framework. 
And right. I think the, the, the dissent was pointing that out. Uh, and so, uh, it, but it does raise that question of, if you're going to examine these new, man, these new rights that have been springing forth from the constitution under this, under this lens or this perspective of history and tradition, uh, it, it gives a very different gloss uh, to, to some of those decisions. That's a, that's a great question, and we'll see what happens uh, in the time as we go forward. Um, one of my good friends is Mike Johnson. He's a congressman from Louisiana. Uh, I listen to his podcast, uh, Truth Be Told, and uh, he said this is a time to speak with clarity and conviction, uh, which a lot of Christians are now doing, right? Kind of the, the idea that this decision is right. Uh, we don't need to back down and back away from it, right? We need to be able to speak truth to this particular issue. Uh, we need to be able to tell our friends um, that uh, while you may disagree uh, with this particular decision, this is a great constitutional law decision. Um, it places power back into the hands of the citizenry, right? you and me, right? We get to elect now lawmakers. And in Texas, is going to be a big deal because our, you know, in November, we're going to have elections. Uh, in the spring, we're going to have a legislative session, right? This is time to be part of that particular process. But Mike then said, he goes, we also need to speak with comfort and compassion, uh, because this still is a very, uh, you know, um, personal decision that people have. Uh, and there are going to be a lot of women that find themselves in a situation with an uh, unplanned or unwanted pregnancy. Uh, and this is a great opportunity for Christians to rise up and to continue to do the work of the crisis pregnancy centers, uh, of being men and women that are walking alongside, speaking truth and, and care and comfort uh, to those who find themselves in that particular situation, uh, providing um, alternatives to abortion, which are adoption, uh, and then uh, the whole idea of the foster care system—that um, that, you know there may be a lot more kids that go into that. So uh, this is a great opportunity for Christians to really uh, rise to the challenge um, of not just speaking truth on this, but actually living it out. Ryan, what would you say to that? Right. I think that's exactly right, Dan. I like to say that abortion is a bad solution to a real problem. <laughs> and a lot of, a lot of times uh, we, have to be, we have to be clear, as Mike said, and speak with conviction that abortion is a great evil. Yep. It is a great, it's a moral wrong. And oftentimes moral wrongs, uh, not always, but oftentimes they're the fruit of uh, a bad human reaction, a mm -hmm. fallen sin-filled human reaction to a real problem. Yep. And here the real problem is women are experiencing pregnancies that put them into crisis. And the majority of women who seek abortion are single women. Uh, many of them have children already. Uh, many of them are already at or below the poverty level in terms of economic uh, status. And so you're dealing with a population of people who largely are desperate. Uh, financially desperate, relationally desperate, they're broken, uh, they're emotionally wounded. Um, clearly, there's no man in the scene, or the man is around, he's, he's not fulfilling his responsibilities. Yeah. So you're dealing with a population of very vulnerable, hurting people. And we are all fallen creatures, we're all uh, people who have a sin nature, and it is within our nature to seek a solution that will resolve that pain and that hurt as quickly as possible. And abortion has been offered for about half a century now as a legal, safe, quote unquote, I put air scare quotes around safe, right, right. it's not, uh, solution to this mm -hmm. problem. And as the, as the, as the faith-filled community, we know we have a better answer. We know that the love of Christ, that the, his body, the church, has a solution to this problem that is life-giving, that is able to repair 
and bind up the wounded and the broken. And I think this is an incredible opportunity for us as believers, uh, not only to speak truth, which we must do, abortion is a great moral evil, but also to speak that truth with love and compassion, knowing that these are women who are hurting, who are in pain, uh, who need a solution. And that solution is, can come in the form of crisis pregnancy centers, resources, adoption, foster care, uh, welcoming them into your homes, welcoming, welcoming these women into your churches. Uh, they, they are desperate, but in that desperation, I think there's an opportunity for the gospel to go forward and to provide the healing power that Jesus Christ offers all of us. Amen. Amen. I think just the, the opportunity to be the, the hands and feet of Jesus, uh, to watch uh, that ministry. And I know Preston Wood, um, you know, as a church, um, started a pregnancy center um, over 30 years ago and has, has been at the forefront of this particular issue uh, for a long time. And so uh, this is not new, um, but for some people, um, you know, that may be seen as, you know, well, what, what am I supposed to do? Well, it's it's not just vote for good people. Uh, it, it's you know, go ahead and do the uh, the difficult work of getting involved um, and ministering to the needs of those who are, are hurting uh, some of that might be financial. Uh, some of that might be volunteering at a crisis pregnancy center. Um, you know, at the school, I know we've done, you know, diaper drives. And you may think, well, that's not a big deal. I'm telling you, anything that, that helps out, you know, formula drives, diaper drives, whatever it is. Because when those women make the courageous decision to have that child, we want to do whatever we can uh, to make that decision, um, you know, something that they can live with, uh, that is supportive, uh, that they can raise those children. Uh, but if they they feel like they can't, adoption is now another option. Uh, and the foster care system uh, provides kind of that fallback, um, you know, for, for kids who find themselves in difficult situations. So at every level, I think there's an opportunity for Christians uh, to be involved in this particular issue. Um, but I'm just uh, so thankful uh, that uh, the Supreme Court and Justice Alito, um, you know, voted six to three uh, to overturn uh, not only a very bad law, but a law that really uh, damaged uh, our country for the last 49 years. So, Ryan, I appreciate your time helping us understand a little bit more about that. Anything else you'd say to our parents about this? Well, I just encourage parents to continue to be vigilant. Uh, we, we all have a tremendous role to play. I'm a parent of three kids. I had the good fortune of sending them to Prestonwood before we moved. And be vigilant because uh, we, we have a society that, if left to its own devices, uh, it, it, it is, it, there are no incentives for um, our children to head in the right direction apart from Amen. intervention and, right. uh, and speaking the truth of the gospel every single day to your kids. Because if you think about it, ultimately the solution to abortion is a group of young people raised up with a firm understanding of their obligations and responsibilities under the gospel. Um, that right there in one generation would solve the abortion problem. Yeah, take it right out of the court system, put it back into the responsibility of the hands of the people making the decisions, and you don't even have to worry about it. So, Ryan, we'd love to get you and Katie back up here at some time. <laughs> we would love that, Dan. Thank, thank you for you guys. doing the work that you're doing, and and uh, and we appreciate it. I'll put the, in the show notes just how to get in contact with Alliance Defending Freedom, great organization to support. And we are uh, so thankful for the time that you spent with us to help us understand this uh, decision and what our responsibility is. Uh, as Christians and as Americans. So thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Dan. Keep up the good fight. Appreciate it.